0: game podcast and i'm your host james robert i'm a two-time paralympian online training and nutrition coach and owner of james robert fitness you can find more of my content by going to my website fit each week on the mindset game podcast we bring you an inspirational athlete message or expert talking about human optimization to teach you how to change the perception of your mindset and become one percent better And on today's show, I've got Celeste Rains turk who has become a good friend of mine and has previously appeared on the show way back on episode 7. Celeste is on a mission to help others start building more than just a body by emphasizing the importance of self-love, confidence, mindset, wellness development, behavior change, modification planning, and long-term success strategy, all coming together with the proper training and nutrition programs. Celeste is on a mission to help others be achieve and have anything they desire in life, which she believes is 100% possible with the proper focus and mindset. She believes everyone deserves to embody and radiate confidence in who they truly are every day. Not forgetting, she's also the host of Confessions of a Bikini Pro podcast. In the episode, we talked about unhealthy relationships with food, be it binging, overeating, over-restricting, avoidance, punishment, guilt, not knowing how to find a balance. Body image, seeing your body differently than it really is, feeling confident in your skin as you begin building muscle and getting your health back, and finally, how you go about setting new goals and creating a new identity now that you're no longer in a prep. Make sure to share this with your friends on your Instagram story, on Twitter, or on Facebook. They can find this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere that they listen to podcasts by searching for Mindset Game Podcast. Take a screenshot and tag at Celestial underscore fit and at James O. Roberts 11. Without further ado, let's get into today's show. So welcome back onto the show, Celeste.
1: Thank you so much for having me again. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So before we delve into today's topic, Celeste... For the, what, those that didn't listen to the previous episode that, that I had you on, can you give a little background about yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I got into fitness and healthy living a few years ago because I was extremely um, depressed and anxious and I needed something else to as an outlet to heal from that. Um, I was also an athlete. I played volleyball and I was like, wow, I I could be so much better if I took more care of myself. And I decided one day after looking in the mirror that it was time to change. I wasn't happy with what I saw. I wasn't happy with how I felt. So I changed and I started doing things that I thought were healthy, um, but they definitely weren't and they didn't solve my problems, even though I could see physical changes, like the deeper wounds weren't healing. And so that's when I discovered my mission and my message, which is to help others to build more than just the body. And um, I ca- I came to that conclusion after realizing that like the surface level wasn't what mattered as much as going within and focusing on the things like the self-love and the mindset and behavior change and, confidence and well-being development all those things coming together with fitness and nutrition to create a lifestyle that's healthy freeing and empowering for myself and now others as well
0: and and obviously we've become very close friends oh gosh over the last Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say see if i get it right about two years isn't it now since i had you on the old show And It seems like
1: it's like we've both grown so much.
0: Well, yeah, I think we've learned. You you learn from your own mistakes, uh, learning from others within the industry and kind of progressing up. And then I've seen most recently you were posting about, obviously, your trial and tribulations with um, coming to terms with to a certain extent, your mindset towards food after finishing your bikini competition. Can you talk us through how, to some extent, the new program you're bringing out in the next, I think it's quite soon, kind of came about?
1: Yeah, for sure. So after a competition, what happens a lot of times is, we get like a taste of freedom, you know, Um, because when you're in competition mode and for those listening, this is bikini competition. So it's like bodybuilding essentially. Um, And you have to be very regimented. Um, There's a lot of different ways to go about getting ready for a show, but my way is very regimented. um, And a lot of people's ways are as well, but I eat mostly the same thing every day. And I train really, really hard. I push myself beyond the limits. Like you don't even take a bite of anything, you know, like very strict. Um, but what happens after a show a lot of times is like you begin to indulge or you have your freedom again, or maybe you don't, you know, you're not competing again for a while. So you're trying to find this balance between like staying on quotes, staying on track, um, versus finding like that balance. And, what happens is a lot of times people go overboard. So for me I didn't I wouldn't say that I went overboard, but I just got in this mindset where I was being really, really hard on myself. I knew I was done competing. I had done uh, not done competing forever, just for the rest of the year. I did a full year of competing, which is really hard on the body. I was very proud of myself, but then it was time to take a break and there were things with my health that I needed to get back. But I found myself beating myself up a lot after and feeling really guilty about any food that I would eat and feeling like I wasn't doing the right thing or I wasn't working hard enough or I was eating too much or um, I had to restrict myself again like all these different thoughts usually go through people's heads and then you get in like what a lot of people call like the post-show blues like post-show funk basically where you're like Uh, I need to go to the gym and do like the workouts I was doing after my prep, because you have to do like what's called reversing out of it. And I know you know this, James, it's like you have to reverse out of it. So for those listening, it means like, it doesn't just stop when the show stops, you have to basically do what you were doing leading up to the show in reverse and slowly start adding in more food and taking away cardio. And so you see your body change with that, because your body's not going to be stage lean all the time. It's just very unhealthy. And uh, you don't have as much energy, and sometimes you just feel like you're dragging, especially when you do so many shows. So I was seeing fat come back on my body, which is healthy, um, but I was perceiving it as wrong and bad instead of healthy and necessary. So I decided um, after I was going through all this this past off season, because I had had a few, um, I realized, like, I have all the tools in order to address the feelings that I have. I know how to raise self-esteem. I know how to address body image issues. I know how to have a changed identity. So I'm no longer rooted in this prep version of me, but I can transition into a healthier lifestyle version of me. So I knew I knew how to do all those things, but I was really depressed and I was just sulking about, like I was sulking in it. I was like, it's so much easier to just be sad and be upset and hate this and be ashamed and hide than it is to actually address the problem and shine light on it. Um, but then I had enough, honestly, of feeling like that. I was just over it. Like I was crying every night. I was feeling like crap. I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I letting this happen? I was so embarrassed because I help people with that. And here I am struggling. And then I realized like there's no – reason to feel bad about that and we're all on this constant journey of growth and personal development and it's okay if I'm struggling too it's how how can I get through it so I decided okay it's time to start reemploying the strategies that I've always used and the meditations and the healing and the mindfulness and the journaling prompts and all these different personal development tools that I've created developed or learned over time for myself and I was able to snap out of it pretty quickly just from applying those strategies. So I thought it would be awesome to be able to bring this to the industry because no one's doing it. No one has a program that's specifically focused on personal development for post-show blues or for the competitor. So I decided that that's where I want to take it. So now I am launching the first round of it on November 5th. Um, after that, it's going to be available like all year round for girls to join depending on their seasons and their timing um, but the first round I want to just really get a feel and understanding and honestly just like over deliver and truly connect with these women who are signing up and make sure that they get everything that they need and then I can learn how to continue to deliver that service over the years for people who continue to join after that so yeah I'm really excited about it but that's basically how it came about.
0: And if we delve a little bit deeper now, Celeste in terms of your relationship to food did it get so bad to a certain extent that you had anxiety towards well in essence the things you were consuming
1: yeah exactly that's a really great question um it it was definitely like that i would feel like anxious around food i would feel um I would actually have moments where I just was like, Oh, I don't care. Like I'm fine. I can do this. And I, I'd be like good with it. And then I'd overindulge or overeat or whatever. And then I'd feel guilty and that would make me then feel anxious next time I was around food or next time I thought about food. So it was like my whole day I was just thinking about food and it was really annoying to be honest because I was like, I don't want to be thinking about this, but, but I am. And then I would get anxious about it. Um, and then, of course, anxiety would bring up feelings of some sadness or guilt or shame because I felt like I'm not supposed to feel this way, or this isn't who I am. And um, unfortunately, that created a lot of like inner turmoil for me.
0: But and we talked about this off air with my situation. and, and uh, Well, there are similarities listening to to you speaking, but obviously from your perspective now do you think because you have that relationship or had that relationship with food and as a result was getting anxiety from it and thus making anxiety worse, do you think on the flip side of that, then the anxiety was making your um, illusion of this problem with food even more complex and more of a problem?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was like, um, it was it's kind of like body image in that way right like if you have body uh dysmorphic disorder you look in the mirror and you see something totally different it's like I would look at the actions I was taking around food and see something totally different like I would beat myself up over nothing like it was wild and then there were days where I actually did um I guess personally like abuse my body in the sense of like putting food in it that it wasn't necessary for my body to consume and then I would be so upset about it so the anxiety definitely led to feelings of greater um like basically blowing things out of proportion yeah absolutely
0: but on on the flip side of that Celeste did you have days where you felt that of how you perceived yourself in the mirror you didn't want to consume as much food or be it you were extending your window of eating and I'll put this into into perspective now be it for example I don't know starting breakfast at eight o'clock and taking hours to eat it.
1: Um, Do you mind um, clarifying your question?
0: Um, In terms of on the flip side of that did you have times where, because of the anxiety, and this is maybe more coming from where I'm at, you were prolonging the time frame where it was taking to eat meals? So, be it.
1: Oh, at- I see what you're saying. Like, would I be sitting there so anxious that it was harder for me to eat it as, at yeah. a normal pace? Yeah. Um, no, that didn't happen. For me as much there were times where I would think about eating and then be like no I shouldn't and then I would prolong that await time um but there wasn't there weren't times where I sat down for a meal. a lot of times what happened is I'd sit down and I would want to make it like a really like fulfilling experience mm-hmm. so I would turn off my phone I'd like just get connected to the food because that would help me um and then I would like fill up more but the the actual like if it was something unhealthy or things like that I found it was more happening on a mindless level than it was on a conscious level and then um when I became conscious of what it, what was happening then I would feel the anxiety
0: oh, I get you so as well it's on a little, it, well put it in perspective for the listeners probably we're both on a spectrum but just, just at different phases of it
1: yeah and I would say I've definitely um now I don't have I don't have those feelings. I haven't had those feelings for the past like two weeks or so, which maybe seems like a short period of time, but for, I know you can relate like to not feel that way is like a weight off the shoulder. Like it's very intense because when you are feeling that way, it's heavy and it feels like forever, like it's unescapable. But when you don't feel that way, you're like very proud and happy. And I haven't felt that way since I started doing those things that I know need to be done and start reconnecting to the actual needs and the person that I am. Um, And I haven't been anxious. I went on a trip this past weekend, and I didn't even think about it. You know, those are the things that are big wins. And um, especially in the fitness industry, like, we're taught that that's not how we should live. But it's like, it should come down to your own beliefs and your own needs and desires for your life, um, rather than judging yourself based on maybe what other people are saying that they're doing.
0: Well I think it's become more and more difficult and we've spoken this on many a times I think it's becoming more and more difficult I would maybe generalise and say maybe more so from the women's side of the population more so than guys but as we've touched upon with mental health off air it's probably because you are more open with your feelings, the female population let's say uh, the male population where and I spoke about this with a psychotherapist a couple of episodes back. Yes, the the statistics are higher among women, but I think that's because you're more open. Whereas if men were more open, would there be a discrepancy in the statistics from that perspective? So that's probably me thinking from a science perspective. It's like, well, yes, it's higher in women, but that's because they're more open with their, their problem and where they want to be. Whereas men... I think it probably goes back to that little bit of bravado. It's like, well, let me deal with my own problems and let me solve it. And from that perspective, and I'll and I'll be open with it. It's not a good thing to do. I I probably shoulder too much of that load as an adult, and then you 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 take um. that into account as a youngster because growing up. Very much in a female household with my mother, aunt, and grandmother, I was very much open with my feelings, so I think from my personal standpoint, I think maybe athletics didn't help me because you have to give that perception that you are strong, you are to some extent indestructible, which is impossible. but I think that's mm-hmm. probably put me down that wrong path with mental health because it's I've had to um show that sense of strength whereas probably if you get to know me and as you have it's kind of two different characteristics of an individual I'm not always like that and people locally have said to me gosh you don't you wouldn't come across where you would ever have to overcome mental health because you are such a confident person probably even the listeners listen to me now I sound very confident in myself uh, so why would I ever have to endure that? But then speaking to my family recently about it, it's probably the ones people that are most confident are probably the people that are dealing with it behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, they've probably been through things that have also made them strong and willing to talk about that. But even beyond that, like you said, they probably are going through things. And um, <clears throat> when we're able to express our strength and be in it, it helps to take away from that pain, and what you mentioned about men not talking about things as much as women—that um, is 100% true, and um, that does skew the statistics, unfortunately. But those are good things to consider when reviewing statistics or um, reviewing risk factors, things like that, is to keep in mind, like the other taught behavior patterns or the conditionings of society that have led possibly to these results. Um, So at the end of the day, it's like everybody goes through something and some people can talk about it openly and some choose to and some choose not to, but people likely are going through things. And I would agree a lot of the most confident people, most strong people have struggled a lot. Um, But that's just motivation and inspiration to know that if you do struggle, you're just going to come out stronger from it, like your fears and the things that scare you, the things that make you nervous, the things that hurt you, they're almost like, I like to now look at them as gifts and blessings. And I've been reminded to do this many times by different coaches as well. But it's like, look at them as an opportunity for growth. And it's just part of that opportunity to grow versus something that You can't get through. I know like when you get in that mindset, it's really hard to sometimes snap out of it because you're so down and out. But then when you can reconnect to the fact that, you know, like you've gotten through things before, you've done this before, I got this, I got this. That's the kind of thing that can remind you like you're going to make it through this and you're going to come out even stronger. So next time you might be faced with something, it'll be less of a problem or you'll know how to better handle it.
0: Exactly. And I love this this kind of message you give about uh, feeling confident in your skin as you begin to building muscle and getting your health back, even though when that means fat be- uh, begins to come back. I think, and, and I was kind of given this quote yesterday by my prosthetist. He said to me, uh, the gym for me specifically is like medicine. And I, I think that's a great one to live by because of the benefits of being the endorphins and everything that it does to help with your mental health. So I think that, that uh, message you bring is, is a great one to live by.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I definitely would agree with you that the gym, like move, like they say, movement is medicine. Right. And it's so true. And sometimes I think like when I'm on press, I don't feel that as much. And when I'm in my, improvement season now I'm like oh my gosh my body just like wants to move for me and with me and I want to challenge myself more I want to push more boundaries and to be honest like in prep you're pushing yourself a lot but when it comes to improvement season you have more food in you you're doing less cardio you just have a lot more energy so you're able to challenge your body to do or to take on more levels of growth. And so then it kind of starts to make seeing your body change and put on more body fat a lot more enjoyable because you're like, oh, hey, this is great. I actually am a functioning human being again. You know, I'm not in like zombie mode, which can happen towards the end of a prep for some people. I mean, sometimes it didn't happen to me and sometimes it did. But the point is that the improvement season has a lot of positives. So um, learning to focus on those things, those aspects, versus the aspect of oh i'm putting on fat i don't look as lean i can't see as many lines my veins aren't popping like those are easy things to focus on but they're not going to get us anywhere so it's better to focus on the way our body's working for us and recognize the little winds as they come
0: and this is now a personal question of mine celeste because i've not yeah. done uh be bodybuilding or prep for a show of that nature Does it get, you say the zombie-like state, does it become that repetitive that it kind of becomes, in an essence, uh, a nine-to-five job in reality?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's the most enjoyable job. I don't know how to describe it. Um, It's definitely another job, like 100% it is. It requires like your 110% all-or-nothing commitment. You're in the gym for hours. And don't get me wrong, people approach it differently and some people might listen to this and be like, that seems extreme, but you know, prep is extreme and um, you got to be 100% with your diet, like you're prepping, you're meal prepping, you're making sure you have your meals ready for the day. So it's definitely like a job, but I would say like when I say zombie like state, I mean like you kind of sometimes feel like you could give everything to the gym and the meals and then you're just like dragging a little bit the rest of the day or your energy's kind of hanging on by a thread towards the end. But the workouts and the movement and the challenge is really, really exciting and quite fulfilling and inspiring. But sometimes it can take a lot out of you.
0: And does that does that improve with the more experience you become, I, I would assume?
1: Yeah, I would say it definitely does. Like, If I look back on my first prep, it was, like, so exciting, you know. Like, you're really excited just on a, like, I don't know. You just don't really lose that fire as much. And I never really do, but it's hard to describe. Like, the first time you do anything, it's very exciting, right? The second time, okay, you feel good. You've learned a lot from the first time. You're like, I know what I can do. I know I can do more or I I need to change this or that. So You get a little bit more knowledge and confidence. And then when it comes to the third time, you're just rocking and rolling and finding new ways to challenge yourself. And then like the fourth and fifth time I was just like grooving with it. You know, I, I had the process down, but I was still like getting challenged by my coach and having new programs and making sure I was on top of it. It just becomes a new level, right? So every time you're progressing, it comes with new challenges and new um, yeah, new challenges and new strengths. So I would say it definitely gets easier over time because you get to know the process, um, but it doesn't get easier in the sense that because you've gone through it so many times, you still need to grow and challenge yourself enough to show up and prove. So the, the journey maybe like the, the step-by-step process becomes easier because you know it, but that execution can become challenging because you're continuing to push yourself.
0: And my penultimate question to you, Celeste, is why do you need to set new goals and create a new identity when you're no longer on a prep?
1: Oh, that's a great question, James. I would say like, the biggest thing people struggle with is their identity. And the reason why I say we must rewrite the identity and set new goals and really be connected to those goals is because... The emotions like overwhelm, guilt, anxiety, depression, shame, all these types of negative emotions usually come up when there's a disconnect with our identity. So if we live our off-season life like we're in season, we're not going to see the growth that we desire or for the goals that we set. So for example, if you are someone who wants to gain a lot of muscle in your improvement season, but so you're training and eating like you're on prep, or you're never letting yourself have a little extra food, yikes, you're not going to be able to accomplish that. And the same thing goes where when you're in prep, like your main goal is getting on that stage and bringing your best or a better package um, than you did last time you stepped on stage. When you're not in prep, it's about growth and improvement. But it's also about other aspects of your life, because now it's not as demanding as prep. So it's like, what other things are you looking to accomplish in life? What are your other priorities? And who do you have to become? Who do you have to be? Who do you have to identify as in order to see results in all of these different areas? Because when you're on prep, it's prep. <laughs> when you're not on prep, it's like, okay, healthy lifestyle, living and doing my best, pushing myself in the gym, still staying you know, positive with my food and my goals and making sure that I'm Um, still being the healthy person that I see myself as and recognize that your identity is someone who values healthy living you value it so much that you're very unlikely to let yourself go and I think that can take a big weight off of people it's like oh yeah I'm not a person who just lets myself go I'm not a person who just gives up I'm not a person who just fails at putting proper foods. And moving my body, like that's something that's a non-negotiable for me every single day. And I'm also the person who shows up for my family, or I show up for my um, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever. So if you can make those distinctions in your life about your identity, then your actions are going to start aligning with that. So maybe you do start going out to dinner and actually having a, you share a dessert, you know, or maybe you decide one day that you want to watch a movie with like popcorn and candy, and it's not about Doing this all the time is about being okay with it when you do and recognizing that you're not destroying your body or punishing yourself or um, restricting yourself. You're just living life, listening to your body and doing what's necessary to achieve your goals while still allowing room for growth on a mental and physical level.
0: And my final question to Celeste before we wrap up the episode is if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today for people, oh, let me rephrase it. If you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be?
1: Hmm. So I would say that, especially if like a competitor is listening to this or just any listener can I think benefit from this. The main takeaway here would be to always trust and reset the identity that you have created or you're setting out to create for yourself based on your goals. So whenever you have a goal, this is not one sentence. Let me get this into one sentence. Um, When you have a goal, make sure your identity is aligned with those goals so that every action you take leads you closer to achieving them that's a run-on sentence but i would say that's the main takeaway
0: (laughs) so once again celeste thanks again for coming on the mindset game podcast
1: absolutely it was my pleasure and i'm really glad that we did this
0: it's been my pleasure if you like this episode please do share it with your friends and do let celeste know what you thought of the episode by tagging her over on Instagram, at Celestial underscore Fit, on Twitter and Facebook. And again, do check out Confessions of a Bikini Pro, where IFBB Bikini pros share their struggles, strategies, stories, insights, and advice in a real, raw, and vulnerable setting. Make sure to check that out. You can check out the full show notes by going to MindsetGame.com com and it will be under the category sport. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game podcast.